the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Halloween. Should Christians be excited about that? And then we discuss the biggest story of the weekend. You're listening to The Common Good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160. Hope for your life alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. Happy Monday. Happy Halloween. Do we wish each other a happy Halloween? I feel like we need scary music. This and is we- Halloween. This is Halloween. <laughs> in Ireland, it apparently is. <laughs> happy Halloween. Right. That, uh, yeah, like you need to talk like that yeah. with your mix of Irish accent and spooky and voice. Action, uh, accent. Yeah. It is, uh, it is Halloween. Happy and Halloween. We do wish I, each other happy Halloween. Can I tell you about a statistic I heard today? Please As do. we think about Halloween. Educate me. 21% of adults in the United States who were surveyed, what do you think they said? It has to do with Halloween. They're dressing up for Halloween. Incorrect. Oh, they aren't participating in Halloween. Kind of. They won't give out candy this year. You're closer. 21% of respondents, adult respondents, said that they will pretend not to be home <laughs> When somebody comes to their door. That's bad neighboring. Come on. It really, I was like, well, really? They, I wonder if they would put a bowl of candy out no, if no, they're no, just no, like, no. lights was, out, don't come to my house. This was, we pretend not to be home so that we don't have to oh, give you candy. Come on. I, I was surprised by that. Yeah, this is, this is shocking. Yesterday, I was a little surprised by this. My, my husband, although he says things all the time, that I shouldn't be surprised by anything. But he stood up in church and told everybody, like, participate in Halloween, be a good neighbor, give away good candy. And I was like, you're going to ruffle some feathers because I know there's people in our church who are like those anti-Halloween people. So, so then let's I, felt, go I was there. like, oh, Kevin. Okay, wow. let's go there. Anti-Halloween people. Yeah. Uh, there is a line of thinking mm-hmm. in the Christian world mm-hmm. that says Halloween is bad. Mm-hmm. I've got lots of grinds my gears about Halloween and Christians, so maybe yeah. these will all come out. Yeah. But uh, I think you and I both, I'll use the word participate gladly in Halloween. Yes. People come to our door tonight. Yes. I will give them candy. Yeah. I will tell them happy Halloween. Yeah. My children, are they're getting a little old for it now, but they're still getting dressed yeah. up and doing whatever they're going to do. and I are going to get dressed up later. Yeah. That's we a, participate. That's a step too far, but we no, could, we could right. discuss that. Uh <laughs> What would you say to people who are anti-Halloween? Maybe not what would you say to them. Do you understand why I mean, people I are? I do understand it, frankly. And sometimes I do. Like, sometimes I think about the early apostles. I, like, I think Apostle Paul would probably be, like, floored that Christians participate in Halloween. <laughs> like, I think he'd be like, this is evil. This is idolatry. This he had is trouble satanic. having fun, though. He did. He did. He was a stick in the mud that fall. And I think he would probably be like, but he'd be at like the town center preaching the gospel. You think you worship the dead? Let me tell you the, about the resurrection of the dead. You know what I mean? I- so I actually, I actually really do understand Christians who feel like we can't participate mm-hmm. in this because it means endorsement and its roots are evil. It's too connected to whatever. But then I also see, I mean, this is like that. 
that whole position about Christians and culture, you're either against culture, you're trying to redeem culture, or you're just in it without, you know, right. kind of embracing it, right? There's sort of three positions on culture. And so I can, I can understand sort of the anti. That said, I just grew up doing Halloween. It oh, was yes. always fun. I think it's a great opportunity to be a good neighbor, get to know your, the families in your neighborhood, engage in what's happening yep. communally. Yep. Like, I don't know. I... And I just, I just think it's fun. That might make me a syncretist or not. I don't think I don't, it does. Because here's, so? here's my thing about Halloween now. It's got some questionable roots. Can we go? The, can it, we say it? It does. And but, I know, I but know those Christians roots say are all way Hallows back. Eve, or like All Hallows Eve tries to, or like uh, All Saints Day tries to redeem that. But they, it does have some bad roots. I mean, it's not mischief night like last night, but it was... <laughs> It's way it's way back there. Like what 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 is Halloween for us in our culture? Yeah. Halloween yeah. is candy. Right. It's getting dressed up. Like right. if I ask if your kids are little and you're like, hey, tell me what Halloween is, they're like, we're celebrating death. <laughs> no, exactly. No, we're not. They're like candy, dress up. So yeah. I would say yeah. that's where I start to go, let's not take this too seriously. Like it feels like legalism and almost fear mongering. Like you don't yeah. have to live in fear. It's fine. Just have fun. Okay, a couple different things about what we've said. One, this has nothing to do with Halloween. It just struck me that I think the Apostle Paul would not have been a fun guy to hang out with. <laughs> Is that a fair statement? I mean, I don't know if the Apostle Paul would, like, let me be in the same room as him. So well, he definitely would not have been I think a fun he guy. But, I actually, I... But Apostle Paul today... He was very serious. He's very serious-minded. Yeah. Like, there, you're reading the Apostle Paul's letters, which, by the way, are ingenious. He wrote most of the New 100%. Testament. Like, we love the dude. He's incredible. He advanced the gospel in ways, like, none of us have. That said, I like, like that you're feeling like you need to... I, I, I jokes no you know like even you see some of the gospels like sometimes even matthew tries to crack a joke here and there but like jesus sometimes cracks carpenter's jokes but like paul isn't funny i think that uh peter would have been an awesome dude to hang out with you do because you're relatable or why i don't he doesn't he strike you as he's like impulsive (laughs) he seems like he's fun (laughs) paul we're gonna do a top five list at some point (laughs) bible characters that probably weren't good to hang out with and I think Paul's going to be doing yeah, the top. Yeah, I think so, too. But back to Halloween, a couple different things kind of. Tell me if I'm being too cynical here. Okay, all right. A couple different hear. things bug me. One is I get it, Christians. Today is also Reformation Day. <laughs> but, like, to post about it as, like, the anti-Halloween. <laughs> Don't- Grinds my gears. Okay. I'm so glad you brought that up because I saw a post this morning and I was literally in my mind, like whatever, whatever word signifies eye roll, eye roll, eye roll. That's yeah. what I was like. All right. Come on. Great. Good I for mean, you. Okay. It's red. Well, for, we get it. <laughs> we get it. Okay. That doesn't need to be like the detergent over Halloween. Like that takes that it out. That grinds my gears too. I, that's good. That's so good. another one. And I got worried when you told me what your husband said in church yesterday, but it doesn't sound at all the same. Well, we'll see. Like, you'll see people either... Pa- and, all right, I'm also going to preface this with this. I think I've probably said this over mm-hmm. the years. So this is this is me evolving, changing. Okay. Yes, we all do that. We're dynamic. Let's not speak of Halloween as Christians as like this wonderful missional moment <laughs> that we have to use in order to reach our... Just be a good neighbor. Yeah, give out yeah, good candy. Yeah. Smile. Say hello. Right. Don't give out a gospel track. Don't give out like, a gospel track. I, I, I think we... As, I've done... I, I, I'm first in line here. I've been guilty of this. Yeah. But man, if you weren't a Christian and you just stumbled in and you heard the number of times we say, use this... 
to reach your neighbor. Yeah. Use this yeah. to make connections as opposed to like, can we just celebrate just Halloween? Lo- just, just actually like genuinely just be, be a good neighbor. neighbor. Yeah. And so it sounds like yeah. your husband said, go be neighborly. That's what he was saying. He wasn't like preach the gospel or hand out tracks. He was just like, be in the neighborhood. He was even like, walk around, yeah. get to know your neighbors. Those are my yeah. two grinds, my gears. So what if I were to show up at the Samson house tonight? I'm not. Yeah. But if I were to show up at the Samson house tonight, uh, I'm going to find Junior Husband dressed up, apparently. Absolutely. As? Squid Game character. Oh, you told me this. That's right. Uh, but <laughs> remind me Remind me of the one thing I dressed up as for our truck or treat this weekend. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but secondly, what am I getting? Well, so this is the bummer about my house. We put the teal pumpkin in front of our house because we're an allergy home. My son is allergic to peanuts, tree nuts, green peas, dogs, cats, everything. And it's life-threatening. So we only, we don't give away the best candy. We give away dum-dums. Starbursts. That's okay. You like some of that. We give away the allergen free candies only at yeah. our house. So we don't have the good chocolate. If you were in New house. Jersey, your house would have been targeted yeah, on Mischief, Mischief Night. Night. <laughs> <laughs> your house, it, it would have been targeted. So we had a trunk or treat this weekend. It was a ton of fun. A lot of fun in our church parking those lot. Those are cool. I like those. So I don't really want to dress up. I'm yeah, like, whatever. But you kind of so, so I found a green, like, Hawaiian shirt. And like a like a Hawaiian lay, like that's it, yeah, you know. I put sunglasses like a, a on, whatever. Guy. Yeah. yeah, it looked identical. Somebody goes, "Are you a cashier from Trader Joe's?" Because <laughs> it was that green right. and white. It was and a lay. And Kara's like, "That is the greatest thing I've ever." All I needed to do was add a name tag, Ryan. and I was the Trader you better Joe's wear that tonight. guy. That's amazing. Uh, it was fun. So happy Halloween, happy Halloween. to those of you who uh, would rather us not say that. Happy Re- Reformation Happy Day. Happy Reformation like you Day go, to you. You go party like it's, you know, 1608 <laughs> or whatever. Year. You're at the Wittenberg door. <laughs> you go get your Luther on and have a great, have a great night tonight. Well, happy Halloween. We hope you do enjoy yourself. We're glad you're joining us today here on The Common Good. AIM 1160, hope for your life. We are joined by a very special guest. Nadia Gordinsky is the president and founder of Save a Life International Inc. And she is helping women in crisis along with their unborn children in Ukraine. Save a Life International has moved into emergency response mode, helping refugees through each of their seven life centers in the war torn country. We're thrilled to be joined by Nadia to hear about what she is up to and what's happening in Ukraine. Nadia, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Very glad to be here. So, Nadia, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about your story and how Save a Life International even began to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, my story, actually, I would never think I will be working with pregnant women. Uh, but through the loss of the child, um, God showed through the series. I had a baby. Uh, was, my baby was born in 18 weeks um, oh, wow. and I, we lost him. He was born alive, oh. but then, uh, he passed away. God took him and he changed my life, life of my family and my husband. And since then, uh, we started going back to Ukraine, working with women in crisis pregnancy. Since I found out that millions and millions of abortion performed in Ukraine as a method of contraception since early nineties. So, when I back to, went back to my homeland, I realized that there is nothing, um, nobody is doing anything about this issue. And um, that's one thing after another. And uh, I had this burden 
about Ukrainian women. And that's mm. how this ministry started. I'm just trying to be very, very short. Mm-hmm. But it started through the pain and grew in a very beautiful ministry. Wow, oh, that's wonderful. And as, as Aubrey mentioned earlier, Nadia, you guys have moved kind of into emergency response, uh, w- helping refugees. Can you help our people... Uh, get a picture of what it's like in the Ukraine right now and what it is you guys are specifically doing? Oh, God is doing amazing things. Uh, in spite of war, um, we helping women. You see, there is a situation in Ukraine. Before the war, abortion was uh, very big in Ukraine. But when war started, can you imagine women whose husband got killed on the front line? Mm. Women mm. who lost their families, who ran away from, and they're pregnant. So abortion wow. rate drastically went up, but our ministry has become a refugee center. So wow. we started helping women who uh, maybe didn't consider abortion before, but now they're scared. So we mm. become those centers. We're helping women save their babies and help those women who already maybe didn't want to do an abortion. Wow. They ran from the occupied areas. Yeah. So right now we are focusing on not only women pro, uh, abortion-minded, but women with children, refugees. So I, women, and our ministry drastically expanded mm. lately. Wow. So um, we, <laughs> I could tell as before we were social services, we, we did police work, we did a lot of things. It's not just a pregnancy care, yeah. but now it's even more. We're distributing food, we're distributing, um, you know, hygiene products. Mm. So it, our centers have become a refugee centers, yeah. and the centers where they women could get uh, sh- not only shelter, but psychological help, material, and wow. physical, like, um yeah, very holistic approach. And with the refugees, it's amazing how God is using us in special ways. Oh, it's incredible, Nadia. Um, tell me how, you know, because for some of us, it feels like we're, we've moved on from the news cycle. And you kind of go, it, you, it's so cold-hearted, but you kind of go, oh, yeah, there's still a war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. People are suffering. And, and I, you know, sometimes I think we forget because we're so far away, you're obviously in the details. Tell us some stories of what's going on there and what God is doing through Save a Life International. Uh, so since war began, I usually travel to Ukraine like three, four times a year. But since the war began, I start traveling. I've been there four times already. So, wow. Uh, yeah, four times. I just came back months ago from Ukraine again. Mm. So um, we had our conference where all volunteers got together, and we had to encourage not only our clients but volunteers to help them because those stories, we had, for example, women to, who had to go, like, for example, um, Tanya, she's from Mariupol. Her house uh, was destroyed. She had two children, and she was 26 weeks pregnant. Wow. Her house was bombed. So she tried to get out of the city, and she was driving through the checkpoints. She had to go through 30 checkpoints, and the last checkpoints, Russian soldiers, they were mocking her, and they mm. told her, okay, you know what? We're going to give you 50 seconds. So you 
we're going to play Russian roulette with you. Oh. So you get in the car and drive. If you get a chance, get away, you will. After mm-hmm. 50 seconds, we open the fire. Mm-mm. Guess what? Guess what? She got in the car. She started driving. 50 seconds later, they start shooting. Oh. So they got her. Um, they damaged her um, uh, gas tank. Somehow she managed to get away. And her, like she ended up in our, our center. So her son, 16-year-old boy and 13-year-old girl, her son got in the hospital because he couldn't talk. He was so stressed. Mm. So he started having issues. So eventually she had a baby. We helped her out. We moved her out of the country. She's very grateful now. So, but this is only one story that we had. Yeah. Wow. So wow. Uh, I could tell you so many stories. Right. But, um, yeah, this is one of them. Uh, so, Nadia... How can we as the church be praying right now? And how can churches uh, and individuals connect with you and be of assistance? Uh, (laughs) This is a wonderful opportunity, first of all, to pray. Mm -hmm. Uh, We realize that uh, from the testimonies of many women, many people, that prayer puts a protection cover over the people. And we had amazing testimonies when church, when people are praying, and actually rockets don't explode. It's a serious matter. There's so many miracles. So prayer, yes, absolutely. But right now, the winter is coming, and we really Mm. need, and you know, the uh, Russians are bombing Ukrainian infrastructure. Mm. So uh, they tried, they cannot win the war on the, ba- on the uh, front lines, on the ground. So what are they trying to do? To freeze, to starve, and put our country in the darkness. Mm. And those, wow. this is a huge need right now for us generators. We are raising funds for generators so we okay. could survive those winters. And we know during winter, those women are going to flood to our center. Yeah, We're going to uh, have a lot of them. So this is the first need that we need to go through this uh, winter. Uh, plus, um, of course, people can go online, can t- contact me uh, personally, Save a Life uh, intern- uh, Save a Life Intl dot org. Okay. Uh, they could contact, and we are well. They are welcome to go with us to Ukraine. <laughs> Actually, since the war, um, I brought uh, I think six or seven people from United States. To witness, one of my friends, uh, Tim Lin, witnessed um, our work in Ukraine. So, um, yes, um, we need, a, like, if people want to go see, uh, they could contact me and travel to Ukraine. Of course, they could be in a safe area. Sure. But see with their own eyes wow. how much work needs to be mm-hmm. done. So, okay. those are most, um, and right now we need, we need, uh, some of my centers actually ran out of food supplies mm. and, um, you know, all um, humanitarian help. So we need those too. Okay. So war is not over yet. Yeah. And so we continue to help women. So. You can help women and help the crisis in Ukraine by going to org. You can also reach out to Nadia, Nadia at org. Nadia Gordinsky is the president and founder of Save a Life International. As you've heard, she's on the ground 
with her teams helping women in crisis and refugees in crisis as well. Nadia, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. That's a great opportunity. Thank you. Today, if you've missed any of the show, including why we think you should celebrate Halloween today. That's right. And why, if you are more like a happy Reformation Day, we scoff at you. <laughs> we don't like you. No, that, we, no we, we, don't, like we like you. We like you. I should have said that. just think you take this all a little bit yeah, seriously. you're a little too serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're doing here today. If you've missed any of that, you can go get our podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. You can also find us online at 1160hope.com. You said you spoke at a retreat this weekend. I did. How'd that go? Oh, it went wonderfully. Do we have listeners there? Uh, We do have listeners there. In fact, (laughs) Don't sound surprised. I I was like, oh, you're the one. No, just kidding. Uh, Yeah, we have faithful listeners there. And so that was really fun. They listen on the podcast and they listen on the show. So hi, ladies from Grace Point Church in Naperville. And actually, I'll talk about this later on in the show. Okay. My weekend... With them was wonderful and beautiful. It reminded me of something that happened at a different retreat a year ago that I, I feel like is we a good setup for Jerk or Justified. So we'll talk oh, about that later. We're going to do Jerk or Justified where you're going to be the jerk? I might be the jerk. Because it's usually me. I might be the jerk. But okay. this group of ladies was absolutely wonderful. All wonderful, right. well, wonderful weekend. We look forward to hearing more about it. And like, you know, what tends to happen in our lives, you go off speaking and making money on the weekend. And then I'm like, I don't know, rake some leaves. <laughs> You're with your family, though, you know. I really wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) We did do a trunk or treat at our church, and I know every church does it, so you're kind of like, No, we didn't do that. I think that's Super fun. fun. Super fun. And we moved it from night to daytime this year. Like, let's see. And it was, uh, it was... Well attended. It really was. People do that. really cool. like free candy. <laughs> and I think the cars get all decorated too, right? Yeah. So people yeah. like that. Yeah. Like how creative can you be with and your it car? Was, it was nicer because usually when we did them at night, it would be freezing out. And this was beautiful. Sun was shining on Sunday. <laughs> do you remember? Was it last Halloween it was snowing or was that uh, two Halloweens ago? Two or maybe it was three because oh, two okay. ago would have been COVID. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was three or four. But yeah, no, we got like. Not just a dusting. We got like four inches. And yeah. you're like, well, put on your snow yeah, boots. Here we go. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. So I feel like it might be a foggy night or a little misty, but we should have a good Halloween evening for it, our children. And like foggy on Halloween. That seems Yeah, appropriate. that's appropriate. I, that year that it snowed on Halloween, that was the weirdest thing. That remember, was the year. It was, it was like 70 on, on Christmas. Christmas. So yeah. we got snow on Halloween, yeah. but it was like we shorts like, on Christmas. My kids, my parents got my kids a trampoline that Christmas. And literally, we set it yeah. up outside that afternoon. I remember that, that well. Wild. Yeah, you're outside. Yeah. On, on Halloween. So yeah. uh, glad you're with us. Hopefully you're getting dressed up, getting candy, handing out good candy That's this right. year. Uh, like the most here. Do you think I'm right about this? The best evangelistic thing you could do at Halloween is not hand out a gospel track. It's hand out full size candy, candy bars. bars. The big candy bars. I'm not because of inflation. but <laughs> <laughs> We're not either. But, you know, it's still a good idea. It is. What kind of candy do the Froms give out? It was a hodgepodge this year. If I'm being truthful, we may have stolen some from my parents next door. Nice, nice. But I I thought I saw some Twix and some Star, uh, some Snickers and all this stuff. I hope I get a Twix tonight. I'm going to eat them and... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that is the worst part about my kids not really trick-or-treating much anymore because I used to steal 
I called it the dad tax, <laughs> and I stole so much of their candy. Yeah, Kevin will do that, too, for yeah. sure. I used to make them put it out on the kitchen table. I'd be like, now you got to pick 10 pieces for dad. Just as long as it's not it's an almond time. joy. It's as long time. as it's not an almond right, joy. Those are nasty. Uh, I'm good to go. So, yeah, somebody at our trunk or treat the other day put out amongst their candy and almond joy, and I almost kicked them out of the church. Yeah. Like, you don't I was like, there's here. church discipline now coming down on you. <laughs> All right, Aubrey, I do want to cover what is probably the biggest story of the weekend. I would now, say so. It's because of who it happened to. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get us into a story later today that's probably bigger, right? That unbelievable stampede of oh, people uh, in South Korea. South Korea. It's one. I yeah. couldn't believe Terrible. that story. So, Terrible. Uh, in terms of tragedy and stuff, bigger story. But in terms of like the media here in America, mm-hmm. was the um, really confusing attack. On Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, attacked with a hammer in their home, yeah. uh, seems to be doing okay, had surgery uh, for a fractured skull. And so that is a huge, huge, huge story. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, but then the confusion since then of what actually happened has been a big story. And all the now conspiracy theorists, especially the people on the right who yeah. are like, this was his gay lover. This was this. And you're like, Ridiculous. whoa, what's going on? And now I would say the fourth arm of this, I'm going to let you choose any of these. Okay. The fourth arm of this is the amount of online social media joking about a guy who got attacked with a hammer, including somebody who's really high up in the SPC that I saw posting a meme on Twitter. No. I want to be like. Have no. we gotten to the point? Like, I'll be the first to say I've read a bunch of articles going, yeah, it looks really confusing about what happened. But here's what we do know happened. A guy got bashed by a hammer and had to have surgery. Have we now reached the point as a society where we mock that, where we make fun of that? Like, that seems I don't even ar- understand why it's confusing. Like, an assailant attacked him in his home. Why? What's confusing about what's confusing about the story? I think I've missed some of that. So there seems to be some confusion as to whether they knew the person, whether okay. he oh, okay. was let into the home, gotcha. whether there was there. You could spin this in a lot of bad directions. Now, the police are saying, at least last that I saw, he didn't know the person. It is what it sounds like. Yeah. There are some holes in the story where you're like, what happened? But as in holes, not that I i am like miles away from the people online right now who are like jumping to these like this is this, this and this. I guess what gets me the most is even some Christians that I've seen who like apparently hate his wife so much politically that they're cheering essentially that a guy got bashed by a hammer. Absolutely not. I mean there's 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 literally no space for this to be okay, to make fun of it, to be cheering it on. And yet it's not surprising. And yet it's not surprising. (laughs) And this is what's so frustrating to me right now about American politics is like, these are real lives. And whether or not you agree with Nancy Pelosi or not, that is not on the table. The moment that her husband is attacked by someone with a hammer to his skull, you say that's violent. I do not agree with it. Or not even agree with it. I do not stand for that. I'm so sorry you're, that that you're happened. You're against hammer attacks. Yeah, I'm against <laughs> I'm, I'm anti-hammer attacks. No, I'm so sorry that happened. We're praying for you. Period. Yes. And there. This like this sort of like pearl clutching we do. Like, or uh, oh, I think I'm better. Or just it's, everything's aside. It's hateful. It's hateful. It's an... It, it, 
to politicize and make an issue of deputize this violent act. And we're seeing more and more of these acts against members of Congress. And I mean, I, the thing that I don't like about it, and maybe I'm jumping to a conclusion here. It just feels like to me, this acceptance of violence against anyone you disagree with has really, I know this isn't new in human history, but I feel like over the past couple of years, it has come to the forefront to be acceptable even for Christians. And, and I think that's ridiculous and anti-gospel to me. I think one thing we're learning is that when you use violent imagery and words and rhetoric, that you shouldn't be surprised when it leads to violence, Thank even you. if that violence is done by mentally unstable people. Yeah, that's right. Um, it, but I think that my biggest takeaway from the weekend, because, again, there's some confusing parts of this story. and okay. The police are going to flesh it out yeah. and this and that. But if you're feeling it all like gleeful might be the wrong word, like you want to use this to score political points and like post social media memes of hammers and stuff like mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it speaks poorly of you. Yeah. And yeah. you're not winning the political. Like, if we've become that compartmentalized as a society and as Christians, like, heaven help us. Like, that's that, that's that been the most bothersome to me. Like, okay, let's just go. It's even the people qualified. I disagree with her politically. But even if you feel like you need to say that, I disagree with her politically. But I feel bad that her husband, got, you know, like, let's at least get to that point. Yeah, so right, anyway, right, right. that story. Wow. The Speaker of the House, the third person in line. You also asked, why is this story confusing? Conspiracy theorists are like, she's the third person in line for the, for, mm-hmm. I almost said the throne. We've talked, we've <laughs> talked way too much about the monarchy of Great Britain. Uh, how did a guy with a hammer just get into that's the what, door? It, it, that is baffling. Like, like how there's in the world security. That have that's what I mean by there's people going. There's a lot of questions here, and I would grant you that. But what's unquestioned is a guy got passed with a hammer. Yeah, let's and just pause let's and be just, like, I'm so sorry this happened. Let's not find that a gleeful experience yeah, that we just, can like, use. Lost our humanity. Yep. Like I don't even know if it like just even you have to be a Christian. Just like be a decent human. Yes, yes. Great. But if you're a Christian. The bar's a little higher. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's really be uh, a decent Christian. Coming up next, uh, the founder of Hobby Lobby said something really interesting oh. the other day, and I want to tell you about it next year on The Common Good, AM 1160. Hope for your life. Halloween. Hopefully you are already indulging in candy. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Are you gonna keep I'm just going to keep this? doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Every like few minutes. I just get ready Tonight, for it. Tonight, when you are giving out candy, I want you to answer the door with that. Every time someone comes to your door. Absolutely, I will. Uh, with, the, with the Irish accent that you tend to do. <laughs> and uh, I, I think quickly word will spread. Don't go to that house. Don't go house. to that crazy lady's oh, house. Don't go to that house. We, we hope we don't like to talk about, we don't like to encourage you to indulge in things often, but indulge in the candy tonight. Woohoo! Indulge in that candy, folks. If you were only able to steal three small pieces of candy from your children. Oh, and they got like a great, like yeah. a wealth of candy. Yeah. Well, you could only steal three small pieces of mm-hmm. candy from them. What are you taking? Going for Twizzlers. Twizzlers, good Without call. a doubt. Uh, probably a Twix bar. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the third one? Ooh, the third one. This feels complicated to me. 
I might because we never get to have peanut butter things in our house because of, of our son's allergy. I'd probably go in for the Reese's. Okay. What about you? A, a Twix would be on that list. Yeah. A Milk Duds. Milk Love Duds. Milk I Duds. you're a Milk Duds guy. And then I might. These are going to be very different. Yeah. So I'm going to have a hard time choosing between the two. I'd really debate like a like a small thing of gummy bears. Uh huh. Uh huh. Or the hundred grand bar. Oh yeah, hundred grand bar. I do like really that. Good. So yeah. okay. The good news is we don't have to stop at three. <laughs> Dad tax. Dad can tax. I claim your dad tax? This you is can. the dad tax Brian Fromm taught me about it. You can. It this is. is mom tax. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. Uh, all righty. Hobby Lobby. You scared me when you said that. <laughs> I jumped in the studio, You friends. are on edge at Halloween. It's Halloween. I'm scared. Let me read to you from an op-ed that was at Fox News on October the 21st. Hobby Lobby founder David Green announced in an op-ed that he's giving up his company and that he has chose God over wealth. Green credited his faith and higher power as the true source of his success, noting that God was the true owner of my business, and he felt that passing the company down to his children and grandchildren would have been the wrong move. Whoa. As an owner, there are certain rights and responsibilities, including the right to sell the company and keep the profits for yourself and your family. As our company grew, that idea began to bother me more and more. Well-meaning attorneys and accountants advised me to simply pass ownership down to my children and grandchildren. It didn't seem fair to me that I might change or even ruin the future of grandchildren who had not even been born yet. When I realized that I was just a steward, it was easy to give away my ownership, added Green, parenthetically, whose net worth is $14 billion. Uh, The news came after Patagonia founder... Uh, Yvonne Chouinard gave up his company a month earlier as a means to fight the climate crisis. In a separate interview, Green said 100% of the company's voting stock has been moved to a trust. Separate details of how he's giving away the company were not revealed. And then listen to this quote. Wealth can be a curse. And in most cases, if you drill down on it, wealth is a curse in terms of marriage, children, and things of that nature. So we're stewarding our company and therefore our children come to work and they get what they earn. What do you think about this? There's a lot here. I'm going to sound so cynical, but wealth can be a curse. Okay. I said the guy with $14 billion. That's what I was literally thinking. I'm like, that's easy to say when you have a ton of money. <laughs> like for the people out there who don't have it, they're like, well, okay. Now I understand what, I guess I can understand what he means, especially biblically. And if he feels like he's obeying God, I, I no. can't be cynical about that. I actually think that's quite impressive. There is a part of me that's a little cynical. Like I, I that sounds terrible, but I'm just going to be real about this. I don't understand, like, why wouldn't you provide for your future children and grandchildren? And and he's not, but this is what I'm trying to read between the lines here. He's not saying he's getting rid of all of his wealth, right? I, I do not see that here. So they'll still be provided for. Like, to me, that feels like, no, pass this down generationally so they're provided for. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, I, I think that's still happening is okay. my guess. Okay. There is something impressive here in this sense. Um, you do read a lot where generational wealth is just passed down and the kids never or grandkids never learn, um, you know, hard work or they the never value learn a dollar or something. Right. Now, again, I would be shocked if he's looking at his kids and grandkids and going, hey, go out and get a, you know, $30,000 internship, right. 30 grand right. a year, right. whatever. Um, but let's go back to something that, that you pointed out. You could read cynically. Uh 
He's saying, when I look at the Bible, I see wealth being dangerous. Yeah. I see wealth being a curse, if you will. Yeah. And now, truthfully, this guy's had a life. You don't know. We don't know what his stories are. Maybe this is his story. Maybe this too. is his story. It has been a curse for him. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that statement, generally speaking? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it, it's so hard for me to say when you're on the other side of wealth and you're like, well, I would love to have this much money to give away, you know. Um, but obviously, like Jesus talked quite a bit about the love of money as the root of all evil. And that doesn't mean, you know, I've heard people parse out, that doesn't mean having money is evil. That means loving money is evil. But I think sometimes that can even be used to justify our accumulation of wealth, right? Mm-hmm. To, to say something like that. Like if we're going to take Jesus for at his word, Jesus also says you can't love both money and God. And so there's some real countercultural biblical wisdom to this um especially i mean he ha- i know hobby lobby has tried to be a uh, uh, over and over yeah, and over again yeah. just overtly christian company and they've been incredibly successful and so my assumption is is that he is faithfully listening to the holy spirit mm-hmm. and doing what god has called him to do and that god's going to see this and god's going to bless it and it is countercultural on the and and biblical on the other side i'm like but don't let go of your company. Give it to your You know, it's interesting, even in me, the stuff that this brings up. Like, you know, what does that say about my own love of money and my own, you know, but I, I'm also, can I, can I ask you a question too? And this is going to sound cynical of me as well. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand the Patagonia founder giving up his company as a means to flight fight climate process like is this starting to be performative what's happening here what's happening with this we should get into this a different day because all of the stuff going on with climate change where people are like gluing themselves to showing up with a view did you see that or they're throwing soup on priceless pieces Uh of art like when you saw that were you like you know what i really do need (laughs) to care about the environment i really do need to go throw soup on stuff so that seems performative Mm -hmm. yeah uh I do picture the Hobby Lobby guys' kids being like, when he told them this. You know they were not happy about this. I'm guessing they are not hurting. I'm guessing that there's been some stuff taken care of. But with that said, I do picture them going, excuse me? (laughs) Right. Pardon? What are you doing? Grandpa? Grandpa? Can we talk? (laughs) Yeah. Grandpa? Uh, This feels like the scene of a movie where they're like, Uh uh, uh uh-oh, we got to get Grandpa covered here. So. Uh uh, But we do read. I just talked about it last night with some people. We do read in the Bible that you're going to serve one of two masters, God or money. Scripture says that. You're going to serve, uh, you know, choose this day who you're going to serve, right? Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Uh, All of this stuff. And yet I'm going, really? I know. Isn't it funny? Like my humanity, like the natural person in me is like, no, 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 no. But but you don't really have to do this. But supernaturally, like I I hope God sees us and blesses it. And it's a lesson for many of us. I think there might be some stock options out there for the kids or something. (laughs) They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They're not going to suffer. Anyway, we're glad that you're with us today. It's a happy Halloween Monday. Uh, stay with us. Coming up next, Aubrey, we do want to cover that huge tragedy out of South Korea uh, over the weekend. It's, it's incomprehensible yeah, it's almost. Awful. And we want to discuss that next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. I and mean, Aubrey, I wasn't aware. Uh, I don't know if you were. October is uh, Bullying Prevention Month. I know. I feel bad that I missed this, but yeah. I'm so glad we have our guest on today because yeah, and of that. So today, obviously, being October 31st, is the last day of Bullying Prevention Month. And with that in mind, we wanted to talk about this. And so we're excited to be joined by Dr. Kathy Cook. Dr. Kathy, how are you doing today? 
I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, it is absolutely mm-hmm. uh, our pleasure. And uh, let's talk on kind of a large scale because sometimes, you know, you hear stats and this and that. But how big of a problem, especially with our with our kids, with our teenagers, just help us understand how big of an issue bullying actually is. Well, according to the research, it is actually quite a big deal. I do think it's more common to have kids uh, teased and harassed and um, bothered by quote-unquote friends, and it wouldn't be considered bullying because bullying is aggressive and it's an imbalance of power and it's repetitive. And so a bully is somebody who consistently goes after the same person or the same group of people. So if you have a child who's you know, occasionally harassed, occasionally has a bad day because he's made fun of or something, that's not bullying. But if it happens regularly with the same people and there's an imbalance of power where there's always one, you know, stronger, taller, mightier, smarter than, you know, proving themselves upon another kid, then it would be bullying. And it's tragic. It also happens in the workplace. It happens mm. at church. It doesn't just happen at school with kids. Um, and then, Kathy, one of the things, Dr. Kathy, one of the things that we've looked at is that mental health ER visits for kids ages 5 to 11 increased by 24% in 2020, which, okay, here's the question that that begs. 2020, kids aren't in school together. They're on school online. So I'm guessing cyberbullying is a huge part of that statistic. Is that true? It it is a big part of it, absolutely. Uh, There's texting, you know, even among friends, there's, Certainly the social media sites with kids who are left out of, you know, messaging that goes on. And then they find out later they were left out. And, of course, that's you know tragic. There's all kinds of things that are going on there. It's a great observation. Mm. And, Dr. Kathy, uh, Aubrey and I both have kids. We both have teenagers. Um, and so as parents, we want to stay on top of things. But, uh, you know, uh, but we got lives and we are busy. But what, what happens when you feel like <laughs> your child is being bullied? Maybe they express to you, I'm being bullied. What would you say to parents should be their first, second? What are the steps that they should take? I appreciate that question. The first thing I'd like to recommend is that we feel the children's pain before we try to solve the problem. Mm. I know that most parents, you know, immediately start to interrogate, well, what happened and what did you do? And who was there and was the teacher yeah. there? And I get that, right? I get that because you want to, you want to problem solve. You want to know if your child was in fact any problem. And so we want to interrogate. That's the word the kids use. But I want us to feel their pain. I want us to sit with them for a while in that uncomfortable moment. And, you know, depending upon the age of the kid and your relationship, drama around him, man, I'm so sorry. That's got to just be a horrible feeling. Mm. Uh, you know, tell me more. And one of the things I encourage parents to do is to get the story from the children without asking a lot of questions. Mm. Because one of the things that happens when we ask questions, we force them to go to a particular part of the story. And it may not be that relevant. Mm. Right? Like what happened yeah. next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or who was there? Or well, yeah. what did you say? It's better if we can patiently keep our mouths closed mm-hmm. and just tell me more and keep talking. Well, what not? Well, I want to understand. Just keep talking mm-hmm. and get as much from them as you can without your interference and then begin to react. Potentially then you ask for clarification. Potentially do ask, you know, how did you respond? And then maybe you get another person's opinion, mm-hmm. uh, but hear their pain first, mm-hmm. then listen to the story, then help them problem solve. If they're old enough to participate in the solution, what could you do tomorrow when you go back to school? Yeah. If they're old enough to participate in the solution, then they will feel so good about themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's significant where they feel empowered with that person mm-hmm. to stand up and to say, I disagree, mm-hmm. or to just 
you know, turn around and walk away if you recommend that they don't say anything. But for them to have something to do with the solution would be huge. And Dr. Kathy, I, I want to take even a step back from that, because what if what if you've got a kid who internalizes everything and doesn't want to talk to you? Um, but you're <laughs> you're wondering, is something going on at school? Like, what are some signs that parents and caregivers can look for to even notice? Could my child be being bullied, bullied? Right. Right. No, that's it. Oh, could my kid be the bully? No, no, no. Or that's a great question, too. But no, are they, how do right. what are some signs that they're being bullied? Or, yeah, like you said, right. are they the bully? Right. right. And let me just quickly say that bystanders who are children who see it but aren't able to do anything about it also feel a lot of pain. Mm. And it's, that's a really horrible situation if you think about it. You know, you oversee something going on that you know isn't right, but you don't feel like you can do anything. Then you come home and you also feel weak. And so all of these kids could be affected. One of the things I recommend we do is to simply say to our kids, you know, you just seem a little bit off today. What's going on? Okay. Don't ask necessarily what's wrong with you. Yeah. One of the things that I like to do is tell them what you're noticing. Like, you know, Bethany, you're, you're quickly critical tonight. That's not normal for you. Hmm. I'm guessing you're stressed about something. Let's talk. Hmm. Or you might say, you know, Jake, you know, normally you really help out at dinner. And, man, you haven't been around You've chosen to isolate in your bedroom, so I'm guessing there's a reason you don't want to be around. So what's going on? Mm. Let them know that you see something because yeah. evidence doesn't lie. Mm. And that shows your kids that you care about how, they, how they're behaving and what they're feeling. And it might give them permission to say, well, yeah, Mom, something happened at school today. Mm. Also, I would recommend that you talk in the dark. Kids tell me all ages. They tell me all the time. That's Kathy. I don't want to look into my dad's eyes when I'm going to scare him or make him sad. And so if you can put the kids to bed, if you've got high schoolers and you can walk by their room and they're kind of closing it down for the night and just hang out and, you know, talk, in the, or talk when you're going for a walk because kids tell me, too, that they can't look at you when you're walking because they're night mm. trip. So that makes it easier. Or try yeah. to are yeah. more vulnerable. Not when there's a sibling around. Mm. You know, probably not at dinner, but probably a one-on-one time is going to be beneficial. Well, that's really helpful. Dr. Kathy, I think you guys, you and Aubrey, stumbled upon something that I would love to hear your answer to. What happens if you figure out your kid's the bully? <laughs> yeah, that, that thanks. I should not have opened that door. That's <laughs> no, that's good though. Um, well, yeah, you know, again, I, I will say that most bullies are insecure. It's it's shocking when you think about it because bullies appear to be secure, they're in charge, they're the boss. But actually, the reason that they're putting other people in their place, so to speak, is that they're insecure. And they don't want to be found out. Hmm. So if you believe your child is a bully, ask yourself about his or her security. And what can you do to help your child gain security, certainly in Christ, if they're believers, uh, in you as an available advocate for them consistently, you know, on their side. And then obviously you have a tough conversation, you know, and, and like, what are you thinking? Well, they're probably not thinking, so yeah. that question might not work. But um you know, what is it about you that's causing you to behave that way? Not what is it about that person that makes you bully her? Mm. But let's keep it focused if we can on your son or daughter. Then again, I think talking to a teacher, administrator, pastor, whoever, whoever adult is in charge there, what have you noticed about the way my kid interacts? Mm. Again, it's repetitive, it's an imbalance of power, and it's aggressive. Mm-hmm. So those are the three things to look for with your kids. Uh, so, so helpful. Dr. Kathy, you also have a book out called Resilient Kids, Raising Them to Embrace Life with Confidence. Where can our listeners find out more about your book and connect with you? Yeah, thank you. CelebrateKids.com is our website. 
And I'd love them to look into the book because kids who are resilient, who come back from difficulties are going to survive these bullying episodes more likely than the other kids. And we're all over social media. We have a podcast and they can find out all about that at celebratekids.com. Again, today's the last day of Bullying Prevention Month. And with that in mind, we're thankful to have been joined by Dr. Kathy Cook. Again, go to CelebrateKids.com. Dr. Kathy, thank you so much. It's been great. Thanks for joining us today. It is officially now Halloween. Hopefully you're out. You're getting some candy. You're celebrating. It's also the end of the show. And so we're going to turn the tables here in honor of Halloween. I'm going to give Brian... Some Halloween trivia questions. Now, this is not, I should have done a good job of finding, like, is it Halloween or is it the Bible? But I didn't find that. <laughs> Instead, I just found some um, Halloween trivia questions. I'm ready. These are not multiple choice. So it's a, li- I'm, it's a disadvantage for you because some of this, you just either know it or you don't so know I'm, it. Like, it okay? might be surprising if I get one right It, it might be, but we'll see okay. what happens here. Okay. You know who would get all of them wrong? Your husband. Yeah, he would. So he's you're, ducking it You're here. better than him. Yep. But he, Brian, did you hear that, Kevin? Ducking Brian's it. coming for you. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready for this? Here we go. Where does the term jack-o'-lantern come from? Uh, jack-o'-lantern. Hmm. Jack the Ripper. Okay, I feel like that's a really good guess. But actually, the term jack-o'-lantern originates from an Irish folk tale about a cheap man named Stingy Jack who made a deal with <laughs> I, the devil. I might need these to be multiple <laughs> choice. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you a multiple choice on this one, Okay. Question number two, where is the world's longest haunted house? I'll give you some. Okay, okay. here we go. Is it A, Lewisburg, Ohio? Okay. Is it B, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma? Is it C, Los Angeles, California? You're, you're really bad at this. <laughs> I, I am bad at this. Really I gave away the answer, Because it is I? clearly Lewisburg, yeah, Ohio. Yeah, it's clearly Lewisburg, Ohio. <laughs> the other two are one's a big city and one's where you grew up. So I probably in a reverse would have done it like, is it Ohio? Is it okay. New York? Okay, yeah. Is it? I'll, I'll remember that for but, the next but, one. But, it... but me guessing that you would have pulled Lewisburg, Ohio off the top of your head as we were doing this. Thank you for giving me the right answer. Yeah, I, that was just a, that was, I was like teasing you. The next ones are going to be harder. Uh, the Haunted Cave in Lewisburg, Ohio is a whopping 3,564 feet long and Located 80 feet underground. That, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, here's a good one, it's Brian. It's called a coal mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, we're not going down there. Which film in the Paranormal Activity franchise was the most commercially successful? Paranormal Activity 1, Paranormal Activity 2, or Paranormal Activity 3? I didn't even know that these movies existed, but it feels like it's going to be, it probably built on itself. So I think we're going to go with Paranormal Activity 3. You are correct, yes. sir. Well done. Well done. Okay, listen to this one. Why did women look in mirrors while walking downstairs at midnight on Halloween? So they were probably, uh, well, we do know that most women are vain. So there's that. Okay, there's... something about that. Something about that. <laughs> Is that part of it? Nope. Uh, I think that that was a belief back then of how you saw ghosts. So close. It was a belief about how you saw your boyfriends. In so, a mirror? Yeah, apparently. Like they did, like you didn't actually see them, but you saw them appear in a mirror? Yeah, like maybe they were checking to see if their boyfriends were cheating on Halloween at midnight. Weird. I know. Isn't that a weird little thing? I've never heard mm, of that before. Okay, you, sh- women. you should know this. 
What sort of mask does Michael Myers wear hockey mask. in the original Halloween? He wears a goalie mask, a hockey goalie mask. So listen to this, because the studio had such a small budget, they had to use the cheapest mask they could find. It was a $2 William Shatner mask that they spray painted white. Wait, that's not a hockey mask? Mm-mm, not in the first one. He had a William Shatner Michael Myers, mask? that's different than Jason. Jason was the guy with the hockey mask. Michael Myers had the, it looked like... William Shatner painted white. It was two dollars, oh, right? So Isn't that I'm different? Co- I'm conf- yes. But what's Jason I just confused from? to uh, Jason with the hockey I'm looking it up. Mask. I'm looking okay, it up. Look it up. I okay. got Jason Voorhees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is from. There's literally one of these that says Jason Voorhees versus Michael Myers. Okay. You and I are not showing wow, ourselves very we well are here. Not, we are not showing. Okay, I, you you come back. I'm going to ask you another okay. one. You ready? This is another. Uh, I'll give you multiple choice. How many pounds of candy corn, which you don't like, but I, I do like candy corn? How many pounds of candy corn are produced every year? Is it a whopping forty million pounds of candy corn, thirty million pounds of candy corn, or thirty five million? Thirty million. It is thirty-five million. It should all be thrown out out to sea. Guess how many pieces of candy corn that is. Well, those thirty-five million pounds you said. Mm -hmm. That is probably fifty million pieces. Nine billion (laughs) pieces of candy corn. I don't know how we got this. Like how we didn't realize this. This is like you and I are. We're not How scary movie people. Were we? Okay, what is it? Obviously, Freddy Krueger was Nightmare on Elm yes, Street. Yes, I know that. Jason Voorhees is Friday the Thirteenth, yes, and Michael Jason? Myers is Halloween. Jason Voorhees. Michael Myers is oh, Halloween. Jason Voorhees is Friday the Thirteenth. That's right. How okay. do we? What is our problem? Is it true when we were going junior up, high? Us would be looking at us, going, "What? Is, who are you?" When we were at Wheaton, I heard lots of rumors that Freddy Krueger Elm Street was based on Elm Street and Wheaton. I lived just off and of it. And that the kid, the kid who wrote it, went to Wheaton College for a year, I believe. Wes Craven. Yeah. Uh, he did. I mean, Google's going to be our friend here. He did go to Wheaton, but as would not be a surprise, I do not believe he lasted at Wheaton. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, but supposedly, I lived just off of Elm Street. Carrie and I, that was our first house, was Elm Street, one of the little roads off of it. Mm-hmm. And two things about Elm Street. One is it was very much said to be that was the road okay. he named it after. Okay. Uh, and two... Uh, that is also the road right around the corner from where we used to live. It is a new house now. They knocked the, the old house down and it is well, now a new house. No, no, a different, different one. Oh. This is where John and Jim Belushi grew up. No way. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe their ghosts were haunting that house too. All right, Brian, this is, you should know this because this is a mischief night question. Are you ready? What vegetable is part of a tradition on mischief night? It's not pumpkins. I would have guessed that it's egg uh but that is not a it's not a vegetable i mean that is not a vegetable (laughs) or a pumpkin uh tomatoes close cabbage is used in pranks on mischief night sometimes referred to as cabbage night did you know about cabbage night no but but can i ask you a question yes you went with uh i went with tomato Uh uh-huh and, and I said you close. close. I, was, I was trying to help you out. Cabbage. I was trying to give you one. Where is any similarity between tomato and cabbage? They grow in gardens, Brian. Okay. They are healthy and they grow in gardens. All right, you ready for this one? Wes Craven apparently graduated from Wheaton. What? But he did run into trouble with Wheaton College administrators. Oh. I'm going to continue. Okay. Re- okay. 
learn learn a little bit more about Wes so Craven. So he graduated from our spot, huh? Look at that. One of our proud alumni. For Christ, for Christ and his kingdom. All right. I All got right, a couple go. more. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Why are black cats associated with Halloween and bad luck? I have no idea. It has something also to do with Wheaton because it's about the Puritans. Because they thought black cats were demonic? You're... Oh, man, you're so close. The Puritans associated black cats with witchcraft. Oh, that would make more sense. Leading to the onyx-colored felines association with Halloween. In many other cultures, black cats are signs of good luck, and they're revered. Hmm. All right, you ready for uh, the last question? I am. What was candy corn originally called? I wish it was still called this. I love the this name. The devil's candy? <laughs> I hate, I don't think I can describe for you how much I hate candy corn. Well, I don't know if this will help or not help, but it was originally called chicken feed. Uh, that makes sense. So, could, yeah, it, ready, it looks like chicken feed. You yeah. for this? At okay. Wheaton College, Wes Craven was the editor of the literary magazine. <gasps> Craven told People Magazine. I was the editor of the literary magazine at Wheaton College. Craven told People Magazine in 1989 that the college's president denounced him from the pulpit and banned the magazine. Whoa. For a particular story that he wrote. Come on. Craven told the L.A. Times in 2010 about Wheaton College students that could get expelled for watching one of his movies. No way. What a, wow. le- what a legacy. Well, there you go. on that note, we wish you a wonderful All Hallows Eve or Happy Reformation Day, depending on what you're celebrating. Brian and I will be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.